everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 151st episode of the podcast, airing February 27th, 2023. Now, in this episode, I'm delighted to welcome special guest Samuel F. Reynolds to join me on the program to chat all about Saturn in Pisces. So Sam and I talk about the influence of the quote-unquote sit-your-ass-down planet breaking its domicile streak and moving into the mutable waters of the fish. We dive into the nature of Saturn as a planet, how being under Jupiter's rule will affect its stay, and themes we can expect to see based on learning from the past. So tune in to prepare personally and collectively for the Taskmaster's three-year stay in the last sign of the Zodiac, because you know, Saturn loves when you've done your homework. Now to see us live in action as we talk all things Saturn, you can tune into the video version of this episode on YouTube. Now, of course, if you'd love to support this program, you can come on over to energeticprinciples.com where you can book a personal consultation with yours truly, or you can leave a tip in my tip jar. You can also sign up for my monthly transit newsletter there called The Heavenly Wind, which will go out shortly here at the beginning of March. So come on over, sign up for that, uh, and you'll get a little special treat in your inbox. So, all right, who is ready to hear all about Saturn moving into Pisces? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. We have a very special episode today on the Energetic Principles podcast. We have Samuel F. Reynolds with us here today. Thanks for joining me, Sam. Thank you for having me. So I've been wanting to have Sam on my podcast for quite some time. I've I've attended a few of your lectures and uh, past conferences, actually. One in particular sticks out <laughs> to me, and that was Norwac uh, in 2019, I believe it was the year the year I turned 40, and you just happened to be giving a talk on the midlife transits. It's true. Yeah, you. Uh, you really helped me that time. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, my plan is to resume those set of lectures because I did 20s, 30s, 40s. And uh, I am, I'm 55 now, so I'm not going to comment on the 50s until I'm toward the end or beyond them. I think that's only fair. I think well, that's that's a wise move. That's a wise move. I do. I respect you for that. Cause I remember you said that in the actual lecture, you're like, you know, I'm going to wait until the fifties because you got to live it. I mean, what do you know until you get there? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, but you definitely shared some things that day, um, along with other work that I have seen you do, but I, and I share that with my, my consultations. I'm like, and like Sam said, you know, this blah, blah, blah. I always say that, you know, the twenties is the shoulds and the thirties is the, the wants and the forties is the, the must, you know, <laughs> you got it. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what you must do when you feel like, all right, I got to make or break it. And it was. It was during my 40s that a lot of other things came together. Um, my, I think that solidified my career in astrology. It also solidified, I got married in my 40s, which was, you know, late for, uh, well, for, for a man usually, but yeah, um, for a person. But yeah, it was a, a big decade. I feel you. I, I kind of feel like 
I feel like it's turning out to be that way for me too. Um, so that was sort of my, I wouldn't say my introduction to Sam, but my, uh, my solidification of like, yes, I love what this man's talking about here. So, so in case you have not heard of him before, Sam, will you share a little bit about yourself before we get started with our program? So, I mean, especially what's relevant to astrology is I got into astrology trying to disprove it. Um, For whatever reason, other than um, more than any other hermetic art, like tarot, numerology, because I started off with numerology, I hated astrology. Astrology really bothered me. Um, I think it was because I couldn't understand how it worked. And more important, I'm born November 22nd. Yes, Scorpio. So. But what's funny is I um I always thought I was more the centaur than the arachnid. So I was like, well, clearly I'm a centaur. I mean, I like some sense of adventure, the travel and the dime. You know, I'm smart. All these other things that supposedly, you know, for for uh, uh, for Sagittarius. And I had a friend, Gemini. Well, she was a little more than a friend. She was a crush. But she was wise enough and old enough. She was much older than I was, maybe at that time, probably by 20 years or so. Not to kind of like indulge me that way, but she was, she really befriended me. And she, she was like, no, no, I think you're the bug. You're a Scorpio. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. And I just happened, you know, without going too long into it, um, to meet an astrologer. And he asked if I had had a reading. And I was like, no. And I was like, well, let's see what kind of bunk this is. And I mean, first 15 minutes, I did think it was bunk, including him saying like, well, you're a son in Scorpio. And I was like, this bullshit can't be true. Um, but I was, and then he went on about, you know, some other elements in my chart. And the, the thing that really hooked me is he started talking about some family dynamics that went beyond the pale of guesswork. Mm-hmm. And, um, that really, you know, proved I was a Scorpio. Cause I was like, how did you know that? He's like, Oh, it was right here. And he got all avuncular and like, so your Mercury here and you're like, none of this makes sense. And so I decided to, you know, cause I wasn't academic. I was getting my master's and PhD in African American studies. I decided to study it for myself, um, and you know, got some books and started doing some studies. And then, you know, going through life changes, it was I was at my Jupiter return, my second Jupiter return, going toward my eventually my Saturn return, and you know, going through different career shifts. I left the academy, went into theater um, and the arts, which is relevant because we're going to talk about that. Um, And then, but astrology was still there as I was kicking the can and kicking, trying to kick its teeth out. Um, And eventually I realized I really liked astrology, decided to study it formally, especially when I moved to New York, became an astrologer. And here I am roughly 30 years later, being a teacher and practitioner of astrology. I love it. I love it. You know, that's a... the skepticism is such an interesting thing. I mean, I think that comes naturally with some Scorpio energy, right? You want to see behind it. How could this be real? Um, I was, I was skeptic too of many things, maybe not of astrology. I think I always kind of there with astrology, but just a skeptic in in general, especially more spiritual based things. So I, I get it, but it's like, once you get in there, that's all that's, 
why it's hard, so hard sometimes with skepticism when people that take those positions, especially if you've been in it and you've studied it and you've watched the cycles and, you know, like bless your friend who kind of took you through, you know, the, those moments to kind of guide you into what would then become, you know, obviously such a big part of your life. Um, well, but she didn't guide me. I think she was just an opening. I mean, I, the, the, like a catalyst, catalyst, you know, the catalyst. catalyst. There, yeah, there's, um, oh man, my brain, my brain just went like this. I'm just FYI to all you listeners out there. If you listen to the last episode, I was sick in that episode and I'm recovering from another illness today. So if my mind goes bloop on my thought, it's because I got, I got sick brain over here. But anyways, what I'm trying to say about skepticism is that it's just so interesting when people are really skeptical about something, especially if you're on the other side of it and you know that it works and you've had time with it because you're like, wait, you're skeptical of something, but you haven't put the time or effort to really go down it and to fully understand it and to, to, to really be able to be, have like a solid skepticism because you've studied it and it doesn't check you know pan out right yeah so. yeah i mean that's 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 true of most skeptics i find especially online mm. um and i think that's the sorrowful aspect of set of skepticism that they they don't even ask basic questions you know one thing i think i hope i don't sound self-congratulatory with it but <laughs> one thing i think i did right was i researched it even though i thought it was bunk i kept looking at it and i think what prepared me was African-American studies. You're like, oh, ha, what do you mean? Well, because you just can't take anyone's story, and especially things that are called science, right at face value. You know, some people are skeptical of astrology because like, well, well science says, but, like, but have you read the science yourself? Have you studied astrology yourself? Um, and a lot of times they cite papers that they barely read or... Um, Many of the papers are not there very thorough. They think like, well, yeah, I debunked the horoscopes. What, what horoscopes? You mean like 12 signs for 12 people? That's not astrology. That's pop culture. That's a newspaper trying to sell newspapers. Astrologers trying to sell their our wares. You know, at this particular point, I would say, Melissa, I'm, I'm more skeptical of astrologers than astrology. Mm. So yeah. much to say on that. If, if you want to talk about that, we can go down that rabbit hole. I mean, like, that's pretty easy. I mean, interesting. I know we're here to talk about Saturn and Pisces, but I think it's all of one piece in some ways. Yeah, I was just about to say, I mean, kind of fleshing, fleshing it out. Um, well, it's I, interesting to think about just having Saturn going into Pisces and having had all this time and emphasis on Neptune being there. And then Jupiter before, and the, just the rise of the current, you know, at, uh, boom in astrology and other such related, you know, spiritual um, uh, interests and and uh, <laughs> and what have you, and and how many people have now taken part of it, and the culture that has been, you know, developed around it, and even when you think about. Instagram and having, I'm sure you've dealt with, like I have like imposters coming in and saying you're, you're this, that, and the other. And those aren't necessarily astrologers. I mean, that's a whole thing in itself, but I feel like Saturn, right. You know, Saturn is, is a sense of uh, authority or structure or order. And so this is that 
peace that's coming in after all, you know, Jupiter's been there, Neptune's ramped it up. It's all started, not all started, but there's a big influx when Jupiter was in Scorpio and trining all that Neptune and that whole rise through that piece. And so what do you mean I by haven't that? really thought Jupiter about it, but Scorpio. yeah. <laughs> what about with Jupiter and Scorpio? I want to follow you there in terms Just, of the rise of peace. Well, Jupiter and Scorpio, and I remember uh, actually Tony Howard and I are talking about this, I think back in like 2018 or 2019 or something like that, about the influx of just astrologers and interest in astrology coming on the scene ever since Jupiter in Scorpio kind of trying that Neptune um, energy. And then, of course, Jupiter in Sag kind of like ramped that up even more. And then we go into this whole period and then etc. That was just basically kind of my my thought there and thinking about how there hasn't been any sort of, you know, not any sort of, but I feel like, and I haven't even thought about this before, just coming to me now, like a Saturn ha- kind of playing a check on that, not a check on that, but like weeding it out a little bit more uh, going into Pisces um, where there's we just been talk- a boom and no accountability um, or st- as much structure if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> no, it makes it makes sense. I think um you know, Saturn it, it, it's a more of a formalization that may come about especially when Saturn moves into a Jupiter sign. I mean, we've seen you know, in 2016, 2015 um you know, there was a lot of talk in the United States about uh a wall, right? And then we mm-hmm. had Trump talking about it. Saturn Saturn in the Jupiter sign gets really preoccupied with boundaries. Like, where's where's the limit? What is the limit? Should we have limits? I think we should have limits. I'm not sure. You know, I'm talking about this is Saturn kind of doing this this thing, and I I think we might see something similar. Although Pisces is different from Sag, you know, there's a difference in terms of their their energies. So yeah, I can get what you're saying with Jupiter and Scorpio. Which I you sure it was 2018? I'm trying to remember. Was it? I seem to think it's like 2016. Um, um, no, no, you're right. It's 2018. I have it right here. 2018. The time. It was like, it was around that time we were also dealing with the aftermath of the, uh, I think even the Me Too movement. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember writing about that in terms of Jupiter and Scorpio. But, you know, that makes sense as we were trying to, again, and I think Saturn may have been finishing his sojourn let me just see here, 2018. I think he may have been finishing a little bit. He, yeah, he was finishing as Jupiter was going into Scorpio. Saturn was finishing his his sojourn into Sagittarius. That's kind mm-hmm. of what I remember. Then he went into Capricorn, where you know he's been in his his domiciles since pretty much 2018. Long time. Which <laughs> seems like it. I mean, it's only what four. 4.5 years, but oh. it does seem longer. I mean, especially, you know, when we think about the pandemic, you know, I think that's lengthened everything. Like, you know, the difference between 2016 and 2014, I mean, 2020 doesn't seem as distant as 2018 to now. It's weird. You know, in terms of the mm. feeling of time, same four years, right? But, you know, it feels very different, you know, especially with Saturn um, Pluto being in Capricorn because Saturn was going toward his conjunction with Pluto. So we had that as well. And then we're going to be arcing for Saturn going toward Neptune. 
I mean, you're bringing up a lot of good points, you know, in terms of, you know, Jupiter paved the way with Pisces. Now we got Saturn going along that same ground, but they're very different, very different. They are very different. And so, all right, well, let's, let's think about this because we have, we have a lot of different uh, angles to kind of come at Saturn with, (laughs) come at Saturn with Pisces with. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to give a brief uh, overview when we're just thinking about the Saturn and Pisces uh, transit. So it's, it's right around the corner, March 7th, 2023. Yeah. We got, Mm -hmm. we got Saturn's Saturn's going in. And it's not leaving. There's no, there's no back and forth with this. That is Saturn is in Pisces and it will stay well, he does, there. I mean, well, he goes into Aries. Yes, go but so not back, back into Aquarius. Aquarius. Yeah, he's mm. leaving Aquarius. He's leaving his domicile. Aquarius is done. <laughs> um, coinciding with a Virgo full moon at that. So it's, it's, a, it's a grand entrance. <laughs> where... it's a grand entrance. And then, you know, that month Pluto goes into Aquarius. We got all these yeah. shifts. Big shifts happening, big shifts. And so, and Saturn's going to be in Pisces for a good amount of time. It doesn't actually leave Pisces until February 13th of 2026, but it will dance in and out in 2025. and most importantly, kind of like what Jupiter did uh, in 2022, it's going to dance over that Aries point of zero degrees Aries. And um, maybe most importantly, it's going to be dancing with Neptune, who's right there too, uh, crossing over that same point. And they're going to get ready for a Saturn-Neptune conjunction, our next grand conjunction uh, that will take place uh, basically a week after Saturn fully moves out of uh, Pisces and into Aries uh, in late February of 2026. So we are, uh, we're, we're entering a time here. <laughs> we are entering a time. So let's talk about just the nature of Saturn. When I say, Sam, Saturn, what does Saturn mean to you? Oh, what do you say? I, mean, I think I, I, I might be making this famous. I, I say Saturn is the planet to sit your ass down. And, you know, that has a lot of different nuances to it. I mean, I say it, you know, because I do picture somewhat Samuel L. Jackson as a Saturnian figure, right, in pop culture. And so I think of him as a parallel to Saturn. But Saturn is what prompts us to examine limits, boundaries, um, discipline where we decide what we're going to be a disciple of and what we're going to, how we're going to um, shape our freedom, you know, in order to be able to continue to make the decisions that we want to make. I think Saturn, when I say sit your ass down, is like related to contemplation and Mm -hmm. thinking about your options and figuring out what things are, you know, Ficino talks about Saturn is related to aspects of gravitas and melancholy. Um, in terms of and melancholy isn't just the, this idea of feeling sad. It is more so related to contemplative aspects of it, um, stu- studious um, aspects. And I think because a lot of people get scared of Saturn and think, you know, sit your ass down. Like if you're in a game of life and he's like, sit your ass down. They think it means something like, oh, you, you're scolded. But it might be like. Maybe you're playing too hard. You know, the, the score is like 60 to two. What are you playing like we're like in the final quarter and we're about to lose? 
like, well, just sit your ass down. You might need to take a rest. Like, we're our, we pretty much have won. Or it could be like, you're not playing the same game everyone's playing around you. Why don't you sit your ass down and look and see how do you get in alignment and get better into that energy? So that's one way in which I describe him as that kind of planet. Although there's a lot more to him um, as being the, you know, traditionally the farthest out planet you know, concerned and looking at the boundaries. You know, and Saturn is fascinating. Okay, I'll just be very direct and open about this. He's my favorite planet. Um, you know, you would think with me being so Jupiter-ruled, Pisces rising, that Jupiter would be it. But, you know, Saturn, you always kind of know where you stand with, with Saturn. And I think the other interesting thing about Saturn, and for your audience, I, I think of Saturn as the ruler of Aquarius. Uh, I don't use modern rulers. I do use modern planets, but I don't use them as rulers. And why Saturn is fascinating because he has both stories. He started off as a rebel, rebelling against his father, Uranus, um, cutting his testicles off, which is really rad, right? And throwing them into the sea. <laughs> um, and then his father curses him and says, like, oh, the same thing's going to happen to you. And then he becomes, you know, ultra conservative to the point where he's like, well, you know, the kids might take over. Well, let me eat the kids. <laughs> um, so, you know, he's he becomes both the rebel and the tyrant, you know, and the one fearful losing authority and power. So I think that also ties into other elements and the you know the root word of authority is author, so I think he brings to the fore how we think about authorship, ourselves and authority, with ourselves. So there's there's a richness to Saturn that can if we are being if we're willing to go beyond the fear. That's how I would see him. Yeah, I think that that last little point is very important. Because anybody I brought brought, you know, said, what do you think of Saturn moving into Pisces? Are you good? And people, there's just, just a there's a fear, especially all those Virgos out there, all the Virgo planets. They're like, oh no, it's coming from you know, Pisces. I mean, the, 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 yeah, well, yeah. we, but we I, I think the Virgos are actually a little more hyper aware of it actually coming. But um, I do love the the bit about authority, though. Uh, thinking about that. Because I had this conversation with my partner literally yesterday, um, who my partner got really intimate with. I mean, I got Saturn pretty prominent in my own chart, but I my partner has Saturn on is a Capricorn with Saturn on the ascendant. So I live with I live with Saturn, basically, to some extent. Um, so I walk in there and I was like, hey, what do you you know, what do you think about Saturn moving into Pisces? What do you, and he's like, when, when, it, when, when was it there last? And I gave him, gave him the years and he was, he stopped, he thought about it. And he's like, those were the worst years of my life. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Well, you, you were, he, he was saying I was moving around a lot. He was young, you know, he's only, he was born in the, the mid eighties. So I was like, you didn't have your own authority then. Mm -hmm you have your own authority now. And so 
just thinking about that, especially for people that might have looked back at, you know, people that might have mutable risings um, and had difficult periods, you know, when the Saturn's angular, uh, like, like he did. And remembering the power of authority. And every time that we have a Saturn or any transit come around that might be challenging or ask us to grow or shape in some way and evolve as people, um, we, we gain more authority with age, hopefully if we're doing it right, you know, (laughs) like we learn our lessons. Um, we have, uh, evidence from, from the past and the idea of cause and effect that, uh, that ramps up and we're able to make decisions and choices in life from a much more mature uh, perspective. And so just by saying that to him, to calm the fear in that moment, I was like, you have, you're the authority now, you know, own that in, in this moment and rethink about your response maybe to that, that question and getting kind of like hyper aware of like, Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that helps him a lot. It sounds like it sounds helpful. I think that, yeah. Managing the fear. And I think, you know, people fear Saturn because they fear sometimes the restriction constriction that can come with Saturn, but I, I have found in both my personal experience and professional experience observing, you know, now thousands of charts, it's recognizing that Saturn can bring this maturing factor, this um, sometimes a restriction can become a calling toward, you know, you know, embracing more of your yourself, understanding limits. You know, Bruce Lee wrote about limits you know one book i read of his and you know he said something profound i want to share with your audience and i've shared it before but you know he just says draw a line on a piece of paper right and so there's a limit and we often think when we're faced with a limit that we have to do something to it right like you know cut this paper in half or erase part of it we have to do some work to stop the limitation but really the dynamic like between Saturn and Jupiter really is this. So one way in which you can make that line shorter is to lengthen your own line, right? And find a way in which you you broaden even within a certain limitation or beyond the limitation. That's what limitations, that's what Saturn can introduce into the matrix. I don't mean that in the, you know, the cinematic sense. I mean that more... Um, into like the mixture of our lives and how we might talk about things. Mm, I love that. And especially in relation to us talking about Jupiter moving into it, <clears throat> or sorry, Saturn moving into a Jupiter sign. Right. Yep. Yeah. I mean that if there's not a broadening of the line, that's, <laughs> that that's possible there. Uh, it feels like it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and then, so let's think about that in relation to of also the breaking of the the domicile streak, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because when Saturn's been in its own signs, Capricorn and Aquarius since December of 2017, I mean that's a long that's a long time. That's Saturn upon Saturn. As a, if anything, that's the line, and the line doesn't move too much. <laughs> yeah, or, I have some thoughts about that. I mean, I, I I'll just briefly. You know, you, you're going to see the slide again, but um, so. This particular slide, um, I think, sums up Saturn's centralizing powers in Aquarius. We can go back to Capricorn. 
disperses in Pisces. Um, so it's almost like Saturn in a cardinal Earth sign initiates building things or, you know, figuring out things. And then Saturn and Aquarius in a fixed sign, a fixed air sign, is looking to consolidate, bring together. You know, as Saturn was in Aquarius um, 30 years before this last time, we had the creation and the ascendancy of the World Wide Web. Hmm. And, you know, what we saw with Saturn's return in Aquarius was pretty much a proof concept of it. Because that's what Saturn returns are really about. Kind of like, well, is this thing person able to kind of stand on its own? Life has been making it. Now can it make life? Right? Can it has can it have a life of its own? So like moving from Capricorn, you know, 2017, I think how that articulated, and it's always going to be by other conditional factors, that was more where we were dealing with, you know, structures and government. You know, in the United States particularly, there was this whole questioning about the, the fundamental aspects of our government that I don't recall seeing before. And what I mean by that, um, it was one thing to have a president you didn't like, and that always happens, you know, no matter who's elected. Uh, it's another thing to be like, you know, to impeach your president, you know, twice. It's another thing to um, say that the government is, you know, corrupt or not doing things. Or it, it, there was just more division and questions people had about their governance than. I recall seeing. And then when Saturn moved into Aquarius, it was really kind of prompting us to deal with the deeper understandings or trying to get some measure of deeper understandings related to our response to government and structures that, you know, with the pandemic, because Saturn went into, was in Capricorn, pandemic surfaces. Well, Mars is also conjoined to the south node in Capricorn. Um, and then we're we're in the first, what we didn't know then, but the first year of the pandemic when Saturn and Jupiter converge for the Great Conjunction in December of 2020. And I think, um, you know, from those particular moments, it was about how we as we the people, right, really are functioning. I think as Saturn prepares to go into Pisces and disperses that Aquarian energy, that consolidation, it's going to be, okay, well, what happens when that disperses and it does come into more, you know, people? You both have ways in which you have, like I mentioned here, internal divisions, but also dramatic leadership changes because, you know, the power is now dispersed among more people, hmm. and more situations. And how are we going to use that? I also think the question is going to become related to what are the lines? What, what are the walls? Because that's why I think Saturn really gets concerned about in Jupiter signs. What are the boundaries that we're dealing with here? Good, good bad ways, right? I mean, good might be, you know, figuring out, when I say figuring out the boundaries, you know, so for instance, uh, Alexandra Karakostas 
has an article in the Mountain Astrologer on Saturn and Pisces. And one of the things that she she brings up, um, some things I didn't catch in my research, was that in 1935, the Nuremberg Laws were enacted. These were anti-Semitic racist laws. This is in Germany. Forbidding marriage between Jewish people and, and German people, also including Romani and, and Black pop people as well. Those are the kinds of things that can surface. I also mentioned in that slide that it seemed to have, Saturn and Pisces seemed to have great um, powerful effect in the last century, in the 20th century and into this century. Well, I guess now in Japan and, and, um, and uh, Africa. So I think we're, we're going to start to see some moves in figuring out like what, what is happening. And I, I probably could extend that not just to Japan, but Asia, which we're hearing a lot of, you know, between China, Taiwan, and Japan. So anyway. It, it makes me think of when, it, when especially when we think about uh, the lines when, I mean, because when we think about Pisces, we're thinking about, oh, it's it's boundless you know, Saturn's the line, right? You know, and so I, I wonder why it is that Jupiter um, influence would start to put pressure on defining it more versus when Saturn's like in its own sign. Why do you, why do you think that that is the, that Jupiter component? Well, Saturn's out of his home, out of his depth, right? So it's kind of one thing to go from being the water bearer to being the fuck of water. Hmm. It's like, you know, I'm just used to this shit in a jar, you know, like, what's this ocean? Like, where's the shore? Am I in the jar? Right? These are the questions maybe Saturn might entertain, like, what's going on? And I think he, he wants, for us, as the manifestation related to that, it's like, we want to figure out the limits. In, in his own sign, he may even know what the limits are, even though at some level we we're figuring it out. But Pisces or Sag doesn't know what they are. Um, it's almost like a stretching of the limits, like the <laughs> like you know the limit was only the yay, but then it's like, well, let's extend it to this and extend it. Kind of like because uh, I read that article too in the the Mountain Astrologer the other night, and mm -hmm. um, and it it is started as you know one group of people. But then it started to add to this group of people and then it started to add to this group of people and it's, you know, going off of these, these ideals, right. Um, and beliefs, because that's the thing too, with, when we're talking about Jupiter and Pisces, you know, they, there's, it's very belief oriented. Um, and yeah, he does that. I mean, it, well, and yeah, Pisces, I always kind of define as where we deal with the inner world. So Sagittarius is the outer world related to expansion, mm -hmm. um, the differences, differences we might experience with um, people, philosophies, ideas. But we go more into the realm of the imagination, of the emotions and intuition when we're talking about Pisces. And so that also goes, like you said, more to religion. Because as you, you know, the article mentions, um, we also have the, the Bosnian War. Um, in the last iteration of, of Saturn and Pisces, where we have the Bosnian conflict between the Serbians, Croatians, and Bosniak Muslims. So we may have a little more of that um, on top of all the other things that we're dealing with. Uranus and Taurus, 
Pluto and Aquarius. That's what's always interesting about when we start talking about this from a mundane point of view. It always, you know, one thing is not necessarily going to equal the other. Um, And also in terms of boundaries, you know, one of the things I did appreciate that Alexander brought to my attention was the LSD movement. And so here we are dealing with psilocybin, um, you know, in terms of that becoming like um, mainstream and more people talking about microdosing that might still surface more. It might become even more part of um, what, you know, doctors recommend more. I don't know if doctors are doing that now, but that might be something that we can expect with Saturn and Pisces. And again, that brings up the questions of boundaries and our inner dimensions as well. That's, well, and I mean, I can go down to do my shopping at the Trader Joe's and encounter someone with a form that's asking me to sign a petition to put <laughs> to legalize, you know, medical mushrooms. That, that's very real here in California, you know, um, for that being a thing. So and it, it, it is it is a just the idea of um, laws or organizations coming into effect or uh, around uh mind altering substances, right? Because that's a very Piscean thing, you know, think about the LSD movement, um, and the, the, in the mid sixties, um, and just the psychedelics anyways, I mean, think about the music at that time being, you know, a music collector, it's like actually being a psychedelic, uh, music collector is very prominent. That's like, that was the whole thing there. But even when we look back to, um, when Saturn was in Pisces in the thirties, that's when, you know, Alcoholic Anonymous was founded on the other side of things where now we have some, um, uh, you know, an organization that's helping to, you know, cause there's, there's, that's another side of Pisces, that compassionate side, right. We want to help in the, the humanitarian with like people that, have, uh, are having problems or, you know, have these, these addictions. So on the other side of things, it can open up, you know, the line and the boundary can open to have more invitation for these substances in our lives, but also maybe like you think about just, obviously we're in a big, um, issue with the prescription pills and fentanyl, you know, and things along those lines. And I think those are going to be big issues that come up. So it can go, it's, you know, our line is shifting, right? You know, it's encasing it with sort of the Alcoholics Anonymous helping these people out. It's opening it to expand your mind with the mushrooms. Um, and so Maybe that's it. Maybe it's like psychedelic, you know, when you picture like apertures going, you know, mm. closing and opening and closing, Yeah, you know, like, why is the room breathing? You know? <laughs> so uh, it's not. I mean, I don't want anyone to think like I'm seeing my room breathing. And you know, I- sometimes it does. I'll sit, I go to the park and I'll sit on the grass. And I'm just grounding my feet and I'll look at the grass and the grass is breathing. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not high. Why am I? Why am I <laughs> but if you look closely, like the finite, like reality, like it just kind of starts to open up the boundary, the veil shifts just, just a little bit. And you can see like the permeation of what we think reality is. Um, well, you just made me realize that there could be another way in which this could surface too. I don't think this goes with the history of spiritualism, but and I think Chris Brennan has talked about this on his show. So what's interesting, because just I think earlier in our conversation, we were talking about the growth, I, not even just the growth, I mean the, the, the explosion of astrology. Um, And I don't think that's over. But what I do think may start to happen 
um, is that people may, we could say that astrology becomes this kind of gate, gateway drug. And then they may go into other, you know, ways of exploring spirituality and spiritualism. And I think that may be what Saturn and Pisces may also suggest. Um, and you might say like, well, what did, did Jupiter and Pisces do that? Maybe a, a little bit, but you know, Jupiter is only a year, roughly. Saturn's going to be two and a half years, along with Neptune being in the same domicile. So I think people may be looking for things even beyond astrology, which is why I've I've predicted, we'll see if this comes to to pass. I think evolutionary and psychological astrologies are going to get another pass. Um, because you know, folks have gotten during, you know, Saturn in his domiciles into traditional astrology. Like, okay, what are the lines? Right? Yeah. It's like, let's go back, blah, blah, blah. And I think what may start to happen is kind of like, okay, so we went back. I know that, you know, Mercury's in his chariot and, you know, or he's a spear bearer or he's this, but so what? You know, what's that got to do with my inner world? Right? What does that mean for me? And what are the spiritual implications of that? Uh, the inner realms, which is what Pisces is interested in. So that might be another way in which we might see things surface more. Yeah, no, I, well, it's so interesting. <laughs> so interesting that you bring that up, Sam, just because, you know, there's, if anybody's following the world of astrology, there's been some uh, hot, hot ticket issues. I'm not going to oh. go into it here, but there's some hot ticket issues going on, especially around house systems. But I love what you're saying there because it is true. There was a, a rise of, um, especially on the focus of astrology into, uh, traditional, um, uh, you know, ways of thinking and ways of practicing. And it does leave that. What about, what about me? What's going on in my inner world? I mean, that's a lot of things, reasons why people get into astrology in the first place. So I don't know more about themselves and this complex mechanism of <laughs> feelings and emotions and past lives, and, you know, all those types yeah, of things. Yeah, and all those things become important. I think, you know, it, just to go a little bit in my journey and then, you know, out of it, you know, toward the, the general realm, I started off in psychological astrology and maybe you did too. Yeah. Um, and then when I discovered traditional, I, you know, went into my zealot phase and like, this is the truth, the way and the light, you know, like this is, this is it. This is what we have. Psychological. And this was even true for me up until like 2016, psychological astrology. And then I had people check me like Lynn Bell and Christopher Renstrom being like, what are you talking about, little man? Like, what is going on? And they didn't say anything like that, but it was like, <laughs> but basically did check me. And I'm like, wait, wait, what am I doing? Right. You know, if I become the zealot again, you know, because I used to be a minister and evangelical. And it made me realize, you know, there is some heightened value in psychological astrology. Like if you read Liz Green, as you know, she can have her problems and different issues, but the material is rich. Karen Hamaka Zondak, the material is rich. Um in terms of exploring that. And then of course, yes, yeah, Stephen Forrest for evolutionary astrology, Jeffrey Wolf Green, you know, those principles, even though I don't, I'm not in alignment with all of them, but it gets to, it gets us to think a different way. And so 
Saturn and Pisces might surface some of these these other things um, for us because we've been traditional and we've seen the, the mounting of it and it's kind of paid this, this sense of connection. And maybe these house wars will bring it up even more. Like what what if we went beyond the houses? You know, so. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the thing. We can't forget about Pisces being that that duality and that double bodied sign in this transitional space that can hold two, you know, ideas or beliefs at once. And so this is my idea is like, how do we meld these in? Because, you know, there's there is some validity to some good, hard, fast rules, you know. I love a good rule. Like my Capricorn moon's like, yeah, give me that. I can latch on to that. But how do that? How do they when we expand that to like you're bringing up with the interpersonal realm? You know, there's a space for both, and that's so. When people ask me like, what kind of a astrologer are you? I like to say that I'm a modern traditionalist <laughs> because essentially I am. I'm both. I it's it's both at the same time, and they're both valid, and they both have so much to offer, and so going one way or the other is not, I mean, to each their own, everybody has their own practice, but I feel like they're just, yeah, there's a richness that's there. And maybe we're still just trying to figure out how to integrate it. And that's okay. You know? Right. Um, I mean, that's, that's a very good point to make. I mean, especially related to Pisces and its point of integration. Cause one thing I also talk about with Pisces, when I talk about sinology and, um, you know, I also had an article in the, well, I have an article in this mountain astrologer that I read it last night. Oh, thank you. With Alexandra uh, Catacostas. But also I was um, talking about the Zodiac Mafia in the previous one, which is the, um, uh, what do they call it? The yearbook. And one of the things that I was talking about, I mean, there are three signs that people really underestimate and, you know, fuck over at their own peril. Uh, Libra, as the Don of the Zodiac Mafia, Capricorn as the Capo of the Zodiac Mafia, and then Pisces as the Conciliary as of the Zodiac Mafia. And what that means, there is some aspect of Pisces that likes chaos. I have found that, um, you know, in, in multiple ways. Because even if you look at, like, Paisley, you know, the actual, like, I'm in, into Prince. You look Paisley, mm-hmm. it looks almost like those two fish swimming. Mm-hmm. Right? And Paisley is actually can be related to the sense of chaos, you know, and, and even with the sea, you know, as much as we see the sea and it looks placid on the surface, but beneath the surface, it's crazy, <laughs> right? There's, you know, there are dolphins punking sharks, you know, killer whales doing things, some other creature that we don't even know in the depths. Of, like, we know more about space than we know about our own sea. And I think that also is Pisces, you know, where it's like, it may be Saturn where it's like, oh, you think you know me? You think you know this? You don't know this. Sit your ass down. (laughs) Sit your ass down, right? (laughs) Exactly. Well said. That's, so it's, I mean, that's the other dimension that I love. I tell Piscean influence people, you know, as a Piscean influence person myself, there's some part of yourself you're never going to know. And there's some part of, you know, yourself that others may not know or fully understand, you know, because it's it's like the sea. So it's like it's Saturn almost in a hopeless enterprise of trying to figure out the boundaries in the boundless. Mm. 
I love that because, you know, we talk about the great mystery, the great mystery of life just in general, but the great mystery of that is us. <laughs> and, you know, getting to the last, I mean, Pisces is the last sign of the Zodiac, right? Right before, yeah. right before Aries there. And there is this, there's so much that, I mean, think about, think about the person that you are today. Right. And if you go back 20 years ago, granted, if you're at least that old, <laughs> if you're old enough to do that, if you're old enough to do that. And what can you say about yourself today that then was a complete mystery to you? Yeah. You know, and I'm yeah. sure there's plenty of things. And that's actually the beauty of transits like these, right? Because Saturn, Saturn comes to give form. Or at least that's what it's trying to do, right? It's trying to right. give form. It's trying to give, uh, you know, surface to reality, or maybe sometimes transcend and leave room for something else to surface. That's another sort of thing that can come up through this. But on on the non fearful side, think of the things that you could discover. That's part of this ocean. I love. I could just. I have this image, Sam, of just like going down. And I have my snorkel on. You know, and I'm just looking and I'm like, what am I going to see down think, here? That's what I think about all the time, you know, and I, you know, I, I talk about Pisces, I think in ways different um, from what I normally hear. So for instance, I, okay, backstory, I um used to do adventure game theater, which is more um, live action role play. Mm. And just as just a point of reference, I don't think this is true for all Pisces, but I, you know, one, one time we had this one particular game, which was like, you know, live action role-playing. And we had this one game where this Pisces was this really dark, malefic character um, who could cause pain uh, to other characters. In it. And it was played by, like I said, this a guy who was March, I think March 1st or something like that. Anyway, what he was very good in his role. <laughs> and I was kind of like, what made him so good in his role? And I asked him later, like, well, you know, because you really could inflict, you know, pain in a certain way, you know, although it was, you know, everyone was acting that really seemed, you know, very poignant, like you knew where to hit. He was like, yeah, because I could through empathy, feel what they were feeling and then know where to hit. And I was like, oh, that also is the darker side of Pisces. It's kind of like empathy can be weaponized. We don't think about that, but it's kind of like, oh, I know where to hit you. Um, so I think that's also one other dimension of Pisces. And maybe that might also be something that we we deal with in the best possible sense, which is more compassion, but it could be other things that surface with it. Like we saw it in the 60s with, you know, uh, the war on poverty, you know, or mm -hmm. the attempt to kind of, you know, challenge that. So we do hope that we go more toward the great society. But at the same time, we could be dealing with more, you know, other ways in which people experience pain. I hope not. Well, and I think this just brings us right back to the the mutable point and it's a little bit of both it's like it's it's hard it, it feels like it's it would be hard to say it would go one or the other you know and i mean such as life i guess we could say it's like you get a little bit of both um but and bad fish or the good yeah you get good fish and bad fish you know and you gotta try to throw back one try to keep the other 
see what see what you get there. But I did, you know, and that's that is a nice thing about the uh, Saturn in Pisces. Um, well, it's interesting, right? Once again, it's kind of a double edged sword because there are these themes of Saturn and Pisces bringing out, especially in the '60s and in the '30s, and you know, these there there are massive other outer transits going on during these times too, especially in the '60s. Like, you, we're not recreating that period because there is that was a special place in time. Um, uh, with just, you know, with Uranus and, uh, Pluto, you know, opposing Saturn and then Jupiter coming into the mix and, and all that. But Absolutely. there was, you know, there's these themes of, right. You know, we're coming back to the idea of like structure and authority and systems and in government. And there's these themes that come out with it creating, um, you know, organizations or, uh, when you talk about the great society that you're just talking about to, to, you know, help eliminate poverty and uh, racial injustice. And, you know, the higher education act came out then, which I find very ironic actually, because the higher education came out in the mid sixties to uh, give people a, you know, allow people aid to go to, um, you know, uh, call college and universities, the people that couldn't afford it. And so, It'll be interesting coming back around here, especially when, since there's like this holding period that's going on with the, um, the student loan forgiveness that is, is taking place and how it was going through. But then, uh, you know, all these lawsuits came in from different States trying to stop it. And so now it's halted. So I'm very intrigued to see if that will pick back up and actually be able to go through. when yeah, that's, that's a good tie in. Yeah. I mean, that's also Jupiter's realm as well. Yeah. In terms of higher education. And yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And so we see these, these, these social, um, you know, the social security act in, in the thirties, uh, that came out. Um, and that actually there was a, a court case in the United States versus Butler that gave Congress the right to tax, uh, and then spend that on general welfare, um, so there are these like programs that seem to come up with Saturn and Pisces that are for, you know, the general good, or especially for people that, you know, are on maybe the more marginalized side of, of things or deal with, and that's where I'm saying the double-edged sword. It's like the, the, go- the government and the, the program comes in to help this, but they're, but they're helping something that has hardship um, in some way. So it's not like a boon upon a boon. It's like, there's difficulty there and there's struggle. Um, but how can we help this? How can we alleviate it? How can we set up systems, um, that are kind and care or seemingly do, you know, there's always gray, gray, gray area. (laughs) Yeah. How do we do, you know, how do we do Jupiterian things in an effective way? How do we do Saturnian things in a kind way um, so that, you know, it honors both. And, you know, I, and I guess I'm a little skeptical of Saturn in that position, Mm. you know, like what we saw with Saturn and Sagittarius, you know, just as a, you know, like, again, a parallel, even though it's not exact because it's again, a fire, fire mutable sign as versus a watery mutable sign. But Saturn and Sagittarius was kind of like, well, what are we going to do? There was a lot of conversation about refugees. 
a lot yeah. of conversation about undocumented people, right? Like, what are we going to do about them? We got a range of answers. You know, one particular answer that was popular was like, let's build a wall, right? And, I, and we're not going to pay for it. Um, And then the other answer was kind of like, well, you know, let them in, find space, blah, blah, blah. I think we may see a similar thing, but it may go in a, a lot more mm, a sense of detail. Because when Jupiter was in Pisces, even in, again in the 60s and, and then even in the 90s as a parallel, there was also this moment as a quote-unquote war on poverty, but not, not just in the United States. There was one that was also in Europe. But what's interesting is always some kind of a backlash to that, you know, and I don't know how we get beyond that. When I say a backlash, so Saturn might be in Pisces, makes these changes to maybe even guaranteed income. And then Saturn's going to move into Aries like, well, what about me? I'm a fucking individual and I've been like trudging along, you know, trying to to make it on my own. And, you know, that's what other people should do. So it's, it's this interesting dynamic. And I don't know what. I don't know if we can break the cycle. I mean, that's kind of the the magic of the planets moving on and, you know, going through their through yeah. each station. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's kind of the thing. Um, but yeah, I just think about that with Saturn and Pisces and some of the things you mentioned with Social Security. Um, looking out for the common good, but in a way that's also respectful, compassionate, attentive. So, which makes me wonder, like, well, what might be coming up? Is this also, I mean, like, we're going to be dealing with this year-long war in the U- in Ukraine. Um, so we're, we, we'll be dealing with some of the issues related to that. I don't know. And then I think I'm making a prediction. This thing that's happening in East Palestine... Mm. that's a big issue. I think that's going to be a big issue for 2024. Um, and I also, I, I, it makes me wonder if Buddha, Pete Buttigieg is ever going to be president from that. So that's another thing. Because, I mean, with Saturn about to go into Pisces and the questions that people are asking in in East Palestine, whether they're legit or illegit, I mean, but there's still questions that are in the American polity. I think that is something that is significant about who do we care for and how and why. Again, now, maybe if it were any other kind of people, you know, it could have been the same kind of thing, but there are questions. You know, is it, it it is intriguing to me because. As soon as I heard people on the right, and again, I'm not advocating for one side or another on, on your podcast, right? But as soon as I heard people from the right saying like, oh, this is just racism and this is blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm always going to have a knee-jerk reaction to somebody talking about racism when, it, when there are white people involved, right? My, my bias and my training in African-American studies. But if I got beyond my bias and my question, I was like, well... Yeah, why why did it take you three weeks to get down there? Like what what is that? Why are you in Ukraine before you're in East Palestine? Like what what is that though? 
I mean, I think that's a sensible question. And it makes me think back related to even Hurricane Katrina, where mm-hmm. one could also say, like, well, there was racism at play. Well, I'm not going to say it's just racism, but there's some way in which we are not clear on us and them and what constitutes them, what constitutes us. And I think that's what the United States, particularly as U.S., as us, really needs to figure out. Yeah, I think that that that's a solid point. And I mean, uh, Gray Crawford just released a um, excellent little, well, not so little, it's an hour long, but a YouTube video on the East Palestine. Uh, he did a breakdown um, of the uh, transits. New, like he did a full treatment. Go check that out if you like Monday in astrology because it's pretty fascinating. And there's a lot of Neptune. A lot of Neptune's Saturn and Neptune energy that are involved in it. So I, I, you're not wrong about that, Sam. I think that is going to be a big thing that comes up. Um, mm-hmm. And there, well, yeah. Who do we help? Who gets help and why? Who gets help? Who gets and help and we'll, why? Yeah, why? <laughs> I mean, that's the question. And so Saturn and Aquarius was probing that question for. The whole time, pretty much the whole time, we had COVID, or we still have COVID, but dealing with the pandemic. Yeah. Right? Um, You know, I'll I'll just say this. I mean, why I said it like, well, while we were dealing with COVID, because there's some who claim, like President Biden, you know, the pandemic's over. And there's some who are saying, like, well, it's not over. Um, But, you know, Saturn is leaving an Aquarius going into Pisces, I think. We are entering a different phase relating to, to the pandemic, which brings up the same question of like, who, how do we care for each other? Can I get on a tangent related to that? I know we have some other oh, things. I love it. I love tangents. Bring it's it on. not that far from it, but it is you know, <laughs> going a bit into the politics of some things. One of the, I am not, okay, I won't get into the vax, anti-vax issue, but I will say this. One of the things I found fascinating during the pandemic you know, between the questions of mandating vaccination, vac- vaccination and stipulating that people must get vaccine for the greater good was that we were, we were asking that of private citizens, but we weren't asking that of institutions. And when I say that, meaning like, why don't hospitals have enough beds for people, right? Like, what is that? You know, or the reports we would have like, the hospitals are crowded, but then the people going to hospitals and like, and no one was there, you know, and, and I've heard this firsthand and seen elements of it. So it's kind of like, well, why aren't we asking more of our institutions of these hospitals um, related to our care and how we get care? I'm going to say even the, you know, the bad word, universal health care. Why, why are we still not without with why are we without that? You know, even with Republicans saying like we don't want Obamacare. Okay, cool. What you got? You got something better? Well, uh, yeah, we'll get back to you about that. You know, these are these are I think critical questions also for Saturn and Pisces that are extensions from Saturn being into Aquarius. Absolutely. I mean, when you're looking at when we bring up the the issue of like helping people in like a, a, a poverty line status you know it's another thing in the mid 60s right medicaid and medicare 
came out <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. And so why, how do we get into these poverty lines? Well, we're paying for a lot of things. People get sick. People fall, people become, you know, unsheltered because they had a sickness in bills and then lose their house, you know, like in, in situations that don't have to happen because the, the order and the, in the choices of care and protection in the umbrellas, you know, to keep people safe and secure in the society are, are in the wrong, wrong places. Right. You know, they haven't chosen to, um, reallocate, you know, where that care is because the care is in their, their pockets. It's lining, it's lining their pockets. And they like, they like that. They like that care and their self to, I, I, that's, I reading your article last night, Sam, actually about the Taurus Scorpio axis. Yeah. And thinking about that and just the, um, I mean, even likening it to this situation, right. With the, the Taurus, because I'm comfortable with that. Why would I take my comfort away? Why would I change with the, like the, uh, you know, the, the difficulties and the hardship and the pain and the, you know, for everyone else when, when I'm right. in power and I'm so, I'm so comfortable. That's absolutely spot on. I think that's, that's what we have to ask ourselves. Like, you know, well, and and that's not just on the dimension of race. I mean, that's also class, mm-hmm. which I think is a an issue um, in America as well. I think Saturn and Pisces will be very interesting that way. Um, and I think we Americans, and I know your listeners may also be other nationalities, but I can only speak from a solidly informed basis about what's happening in this country. Um, I can speculate and also understand some things in other countries. Like there's some parallels with Canada um, and some parts of Europe. But what what I, I anticipate is that we may see, you know, some measures of the empire strike back, right? And, you know, we in, in Saturn Aquarius, I always think of Saturn Aquarius as his, you know, toppling Uranus phase. And we can go backwards. Meaning that he's you no know, Saturn and Aquarius is kind of like, I'm going to knock Papa out and t- cut his balls off. And then after he does it, it's kind of like, what have I done? Same could happen to me. Then it becomes a lot more protective Capricorn, right? You know, as it goes into another, what we could say, um, receptive sign. I don't like to use male or female, masculine, and feminine uh, as much with describing the elements he is now in a, he's going into a receptive sign. I think there's a protective conservative quality that comes with that often. So I'm, I'm curious to see what we might see, you know, in our own polity, in our politics. And I think both parties should be, you know, aware because I can easily imagine, you know, I think some of this is happening already, but I can easily imagine, let's just go with the right. That, again, I don't know your politics. You might be like, you know, in Gala, Black Power, it could be, you know, or it could be like, you know, Trump, 24. I don't know. I mean, I don't know anything about your politics. I can, I mean, if you're friends with Nicholas Palamonakos, I mean, I can, I can speculate. But, you know, one can't know for certain. Um, but what I can imagine to say just what the right is an example, because the left is easy. You know, if it, you know, I, I lean left. Um, but with the right, 
I mean, we might see more of a conservative movement that's even more conservative than Trump, right? I think one of the things I might, I anticipate, it's not just his personality that many conservatives have a problem with. It may be that they don't see him as right enough, you know, as right wing enough. I think that may also be a challenge for him. Mm. And his candidacy. That's why I think really may may go down. Um, well, my my brain fa- as you're talking there, my brain fast forwarded to the Jupiter Uranus conjunction in in Taurus, <laughs> and thinking about because that's a big thing that you know we'll uh, we're going to talk about here is just thinking about the importance of Jupiter's role in this, right? Because we keep talking about Saturn being in a Jupiter sign, Saturn being in a Jupiter sign. Well, what's Jupiter doing? You know, this is a, this is a, a big part of what is, you know, um, dictating Saturn's orders. And then same on top of that, when you think about, you know, big news in the skies at the, around the same time with Pluto starting to dance into Aquarius. Well, this is still a Saturn sign. So, you know, Pluto is forming that chain with Saturn, too, and Jupiter. So Jupiter has a good amount of pull. Uh, going on here. And as, you know, Saturn moves into uh, Pisces, we have Jupiter and Aries, which is a unique period, right? You know, we are at the beginning, uh, you know, right next door, the beginning of the Zodiac, uh, that cardinal fire. And basically the whole time that uh, Saturn is in Pisces, we're going to have Jupiter move through Aries, Taurus, Gemini and even cancer. So it is, it's, it's a long haul uh, here. And I thought I started thinking about that, looking back at these other periods, right. In the, in the nineties and the sixties and the thirties and, um, and in the nineties, Jupiter was in, uh, in Scorpio, Sagittarius and in Capricorn. Uh, and in the sixties, it was, um, I believe it was the same as, what we what we're experiencing it with like Taurus, Gemini, and Cancer. I wrote this down, of course, and now I can't see it. Where where my notes go? But I was noticing how it was like alternating between periods of kind of Jupiter moving through these uh, these same little chunks of signs. And so, I mean, Sam, what do you think about just Jupiter moving through sort of these you know the first four? signs of the of the zodiac and how that will color well, saturn in the last sign so, so the, the the planets move faster through the signs of short ascension right so mm-hmm. jupiter moves pretty fast and for your audience the signs of short ascension are from capricorn to gemini so um so in the signs of long ascension just to be also spell that out it's from cancer to sagittarius and so Jupiter is speeding through. If it's not your imagination or anyone's imagination, like, does he sail through Aries pretty fast? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he does. And he goes into Taurus and he's in Taurus. Once he goes into Taurus, he's in Taurus the whole year and into part of 2024. And then he's going to go to Gemini and then he starts to slow down and, you know, stays in a sign for a year as he gets closer to Cancer. And we're also going to be contending with Uranus finishing, you know, going into 25, 26, finish, finishing his sojourn into Taurus. And again, I'm not saying this to scare people, but I want to, you know, alert people that we're dealing with some powerful tectonic shifts 
And when I say that this next part, and I don't mean to scare people, the United States has never not been at war when Uranus has gone into Gemini. Nope. And what I see, and again, I'm not going to conjecture on the scope of this war. I mean, I, I do think whenever we talk about war, we think about, you know, is it going to be like The Walking Dead? Is it going to be like apocalyptic? And it doesn't have to be, right? Really, it really doesn't. I mean, like, there's been two Gulf Wars, there's been a Vietnam War, there's all these other different wars that, you know, it didn't happen the same way where it was apocalyptic. But I do think, you know, it, it may be a, a test in a trying time. And Saturn being in a sign of Jupiter and Jupiter making these motions, especially going toward Uranus, um, then going again toward a square um, between you know, Gemini and Cancer toward Neptune. All these things really do point to, you know, some really serious shifts. And I think it requires us to pay attention and start thinking about how we contribute to that. How, how do we start doing the Jupiterian thing in the Saturnian way? Real meaningful goodness. One example of that, when Saturn was in his own sign, I'm just going to call call it as I, I see it. When Saturn was in his own sign and we had George Floyd murdered, um, he was in Capricorn. And then I think that he went into Aquarius um, at the toward the end of the year. You know, there was a lot of apology and wringing of the hands and all these particular things. But. Did it really lead to fundamental change, long-standing change? No, right? And so it's almost in Saturn and Pisces in the sign of Jupiter, we might have a chance to really do good, not just say good. And I think that really becomes, I think, the challenge um, for us. And Jupiter, you know, moving through these signs, you know, maybe even going toward two cardinal signs, Aries and in his exaltation in Cancer, might be even ways in which we really start making good on it. You might say like, well, with the war on poverty didn't really solve poverty. No, but it did. It did help or it, it was an attempt to create good. I think that was important. It led to some actual institutions, some changes. You know, one of the, you know, it, it also paved the way for affirmative action. And, you know, using Title VII with lowering discrimination against certain classes of people. And people, you know, this is a this, like a sidebar, but related, but it's directly related even to the astrological world. One of the things that's exciting about seeing people like you, seeing people like me and you together in one particular arena, is we really haven't been actively part of astrology's history in the last thousands of years. You're like, what do you mean? Black men or people and white women, right? Um, the beneficiaries from these changes from the last time Saturn was in Pisces and we had Uranus in Virgo, a lot of them were, you well, know, yeah, black men, but also white women. Women have been, I think, white women have been among the most serious beneficiaries of, you know, some of the changes that have come about and trying to deal with more of a public and common good. I think that's important to recognize. Um, so there, there was sustainable change. 
and it has affected you know who's doing astrology um who are the faces we see related to doing astrology you know two women head up um head up the mountain astrologer you know we have jen zart and ray sap as a director and publisher i think that's a significant change so anyway i could wax poetic about that but <laughs> Well, you saved me, Sam, during a coughing attack. My Jesus, my... <laughs> I saw that. I was like, okay. Well, you know, it's so interesting too, because from a spiritual uh, perspective, they say that when the, like people have like coughing issues and like throat, there's like, there's the kind of this question of what needs to change. Mm. And so here you were talking all about change and all of a sudden I'm like coughing oh. up a storm. I'm like, geez. Like my lung. My lung. But I think you're absolutely right about that. Like giving these a platform platform um, to, you know, it is unique to see me and you sitting here waxing poetic about astrology. You know, like I love using Jen Zard as an example of like heading, you know, Mount Astrologer. I'm a musician and I like the other day I go to these different engineering sites that, um, that are selling, you know, uh, musical equipment for recording. And I, what I notice about every single, every single website, like if I had looked at that, even like two years ago, every single picture I would have seen is some man behind a council doing the thing. Every single picture was a woman. And I was like, this is interesting to me. You know, like, especially, you know, Pisces being so connected with the, the arts and music and creativity and everything too. So that's a nice thing about Saturn and Pisces. I think we're going to have a nice, um, you know, uh, a nice oomph in the musical creation realm. But I I thought that was very interesting and could sense this, yeah, this tide turning, so to speak on representation, um, and opening it up, um, as to, you know, who's and if it's not open up people demand that right another thing too i looked i saw on hulu yesterday they're advertising a show that's called um oh, i'm gonna botch it but it's about uh it's about writing music for t- uh movies and shows and stuff like that and and every single person they had interviewed was all white men basically and i went to go read the podcast reviews and it was just person after person just saying there's no women here like like it was just one star reviews based not not necessarily that the content was bad it was because the representation wasn't there right and it's like i think that's an interesting i think that's an interesting point because i think people are asking more related to representation and again that's jupiter you know Who's on the boundaries? You know, Saturn is the outer bounds. He's a ring past knot. So people are going to be asking like, okay, so who are these people? How do, and there's going to be like the two fish, those who want to keep some out. (laughs) And there's going to be some who want to keep some in um, or bring more in. I think that becomes really one other way in which we can start to think about Saturn Pisces. And sometimes that may just bring chaos. Going back to what I said earlier about, you know, what can happen when we're talking about you know, Saturn and Pisces or Pisces in general. So yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's exciting. I mean, what I can talk about personally, you know, cause I alluded to this earlier. So this is my second go around of Saturn and Pisces um, in my life. Um, 
I missed the the other time when he was before I was born. Just missed it by a hair. <laughs> like I said, I'm glad I opted out because that was a Saturn Uranus opposition. That was 1966. In um, part of 65, you know, it was a lot of disruption. You know, um, and when Saturn went over Pisces or went in Pisces last time over my ascendant, um, I embarked on a career in theater. Um, so I was kind of playing with the dimensions of self. My mom. Very fitting. <laughs> yeah. Mom passed. Mm. Um, but also Pluto was conjoined to my son. So mm. different factor. Yeah. Right. Um, so that was one particular thing. But I think I, 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 I was also dealing with a lot of, you know, exploring inner realms. So if someone is mutable or very mutably, you know, affected, you know, whether it's their ruler of their ascendant or, um, you know, they have mutable angles. I would say Saturn, going back to when I said sitting your ass down, you know, it can be a way of deeper exploration. Like I have a journal behind me and on that bookshelf. Um, I did a lot of journaling while Saturn was in Pisces last time. Um, a lot of writing. And not that that's going to be the answer for anybody and everybody, right? But what it could be is, again, that those attentiveness to your inner worlds. Um, where do you find, find this boundless self within? Um, which always prompts questions without. I mean, like, as soon as Saturn went into Aries, I think there was um, a whole different way that I had taken those, I guess, those deep dives and sought to put them out in a different way in the world from acting more because I started off more behind the scenes or behind the stage and then moved myself to the stage and then screen and other things. And I think that came out more while Saturn was in Aries. The Saturn return. That Saturn return. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the emerge, you know, the kind of the emergence that can come with the Aries versus, because I mean, think about Saturn in the first house. It, it's a, uh, yeah, it's like, why did I just have the, the term The Shape of Water? I've never even seen that movie. I haven't either, but that. that's a very good way of putting yeah, it. The yeah. Shape of Water. <laughs> well, everybody watch that and get back to me. Is that is that even relevant? Um, but there is, you know, it's a it's a constructing. And so it doesn't surprise me that you were behind the scenes. You were you had your feet in the water. You were te- you were testing it out before it was like, yes, I am. I value this. I have this talent. Let me go. Let me go give this a go. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's interesting to kind of see him on his way back. And I'll be honest. I mean, a few months ago, if you had talked to me, you know, because we astrologer, astrologers are always our worst astrologers, um, meaning for ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, it almost caught me by surprise. I don't know, maybe this was six months ago. I was like, Saturn's hitting into Pisces. Oh, shit. That's happening then. Oh, and I did have this moment, at least for a little while, like this trepidation, because again, it was trauma. I mean, the trauma of losing my mom. And I remember because Saturn was within a degree of my ascendant. That's one of the reasons how I knew, like, you know, I started playing, rectifying my chart a little bit. And I was like, oh, 
this probably is closer to the time. And that's one of the, the big moments because I, I didn't know when my mom died and when I found out about it. And, you know, you just can't, especially if you're old enough to have remember last time Saturn was in Pisces. Yes, the cosmos does uh, rhyme, uh, but it doesn't mean it always repeats. So I think it's recognizing that Saturn may return to some themes, but be, be different. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, lo and behold, now, even though Saturn hasn't moved into Pisces, but just in the last, I would say, not even fully a month, I've gotten three or four different scripts and a call for an audition. Love it. <clears throat> and I haven't been acting, I, you know, pretty much, I want to say 15 years, maybe more, close to 20. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing you deal with in terms, because I was an actor for 30, for 10 years. And then, transitioned out of that more into astrology and tech training and here's saturn kind of just coming back and it's like Get that boy doing stuff again you know so we'll see you know resurfacing but, yeah <laughs> resurfacing so the, yeah. the things to think about this is my example it's like you know i don't want anyone coming back yeah sam said i was going to act and i was in like a school <laughs> play. i that's not what i'm it, it's kind of if you've lived 30 years, let's say, even if you were younger than when I was, let's say you were 14, then, you know, this is, you know, you'd be 44. That's how I, that's how old I was. Basically, okay. that's when I had the, <laughs> the Saturn Pisces. So you might think about how it might manifest for you with the understanding that you were 14. You were at your Saturn opposition, right? You're close to it. Your Saturn's yep. a Virgo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, and the nodes like there, there's that sensitive spot. I the sensitive spot in my chart where it's it, it hits the nodes, Mars and Saturn all at the same time. When Neptune hit that spot, ooh, no, that was well, a... and also yeah. Let's talk about that. So another <laughs> thing for people to use as markers is think about when Jupiter hit that point, right in Pisces. What it, what kind of surfaced for you? Mm-hmm. So for me, what was interesting, so last year I went to see a play. It was my first play at the Santa Fe Playhouse, right? I hadn't gone. so And I hadn't gone into a theater, right, like most people, in at least two years. So I went to the Santa Fe Playhouse, saw this play. Um, I think it's hashtag something. It was about, it was the influence of social media and things like that. So I'm seeing these two women acting. Then the following year, this is when Jupiter was in Pisces. The following year, as we're approaching Saturn going into Pisces, I'm in a play reading with these same two actors. Right? So it's kind of like, you know, you have to pay attention to, you know, it gives you some indications, Jupiter and Pisces, Saturn and Pisces. Similarly, since we haven't talked much about Pluto, Think about what was happening when Jupiter and Saturn had their conjunction at zero degrees Aquarius and what that might mean related to, you know, your your chart um, as Pluto's going into Aquarius. Right. So that's where you can start to 
Because some people are like, well, what's going to happen? Well, you have some sense of it, right? It's not. It's like nothing. It's not like you don't have anything. But you can kind of, you know, recollect what has happened that you might find useful. Yeah. And that, well, that point will be interesting to think about just because one of the things uh, we've done a lot of um, talking about Saturn and Pisces and, and Jupiter and its relation there too. And that's the thing is like the Jupiter Saturn cycle, right? You know, this is a, a big astrological cycle. And so even thinking about, you know, Saturn being in Jupiter's sign, Jupiter's getting far enough away now to where it's going to make that sextile with Saturn once it gets into Taurus mm-hmm. um, on June 19th. But it will be just a month after Jupiter makes a square to that zero degrees Pluto and Aquarius that's going to be on that point. So there's a lot of hearkening back to that, you know, asking people to hearken back to that time and kind of think about it. These there's correlations between all these planets working together and, you know, the, the opening energy that's going to be coming in May and June, uh, that Jupiter is kind of dispersing by contacting both Pluto and then Saturn, Pluto on that degree. And then Saturn, just because, you know, that's opening that cycle further. So I'm, I'm interesting to see what will kind of, uh, disperse itself there um i don't know if you have any thoughts or not but no i don't know if anything jumps immediately i mean like sextiles are are still aspects and i know we always think oh there's softer aspects but i think you know even from squares to trines um you know jupiter especially in contact with pluto really you know is kind of a, a meeting of powerful people um, now that could be the people, you know, the people united can never be the theater. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't make, I'm not trying to mock that, but it is, it's a catchy song, <laughs> you know, mobilize it. So maybe a people, def, you know, united may come together, but it also may be where we, you know, I've been talking about tectonic shifts. There's some things that are happening, you know, behind the scenes that we don't know. Um, and I don't mean in some Illuminati way. I mean, it's just like in terms of more politicians deciding, you know, particular things and negotiating particular aspects of things. Like something is, I'll give an example. Um, Putin pulling out of the, you know, nuclear accords. Um, you're like, okay, well, he pulled out. Why would he do that? Because maybe he might be thinking like, I want to have the option to use a bomb. You know, that's kind of just an example of some, you know, things shifting in order to kind of create a different playing field. So Jupiter and Pluto squared could signify some things like that. The sextile to Saturn might signify just the opposite. Right now, we see Poland as the the biggest um, embrace of Ukrainian refugees. Maybe there might be some other countries that step up. You know, so these are the things that we can contemplate. Yeah. And so I guess kind of the last, the last, last thing just to kind of talk about before we kind of wrap it up is thinking about, I mean, this whole thing is, 
is getting to, you know, Saturn's going to get closer and closer to Neptune <laughs> basically throughout, throughout this all, which, uh, we talk about tectonic plates and dispersing and things happening kind of behind, behind the scenes. Um, this definitely feels like that because just because I mean, a conjunction at zero degrees Aries, you know, like, <laughs> and that's when, and Jupiter is going to basically being square from, from, um, Gemini into cancer, but there's going to be three of them basically. So it'll do the squares in, uh, in the mutable, mutable squares. And then the Cardinal square kind of finishes it off. Um, June 15th through the 18th of 2025, I think is the, yeah, that's that. Well, the positive aspect of Saturn Neptune <clears throat> is always where one can deal with a different element of envisioning. And revisiting things. Um, it's kind of the way in which you can look to give shape to what is in the realm of intuition, imagination, along the spiritual realms. And maybe that might also be the advocacy um, or the advent of you know a certain kind of spiritualism or aspects of it. Saturn Neptune on the more challenging side can speak to dissolution. Um, where some things that had long been established um lose some measure of their power. And again, I want to discourage people, and this is what I say to my clients too. I want to discourage people from thinking about the worst case scenario, right? Because we always think like, well, then we're just gonna die. It's gonna be a bomb. And that doesn't have to be, it can be other things that can be challenging. Saturn, Neptune at the Aries point could be more so signifying where the U.S. dollar is not the standard currency for the world. So might be bad for America, but it's not bad for the, you know, for the world. Yeah, we're not all combusted here. <laughs> no, it's, it's kind of like, and with that knowledge, there, I think there are practical things you can do. Like if you've built, you know, your wealth just on dollars, you might have a problem. But if you built your wealth on, you know, like if you invest in gold or, you know, precious metals, um, or, you know, if you're really into cryptocurrency, it might be some elements related to that. So again, we don't have to think like, oh, everything's just going to go to shit. It might be like, you know, you can plan ahead as a good astrologer or someone interested in astrology and think, what else could that be? And you might think about the parallel, you know, because Saturn, this is not the first time Saturn is, you know, conjoined to Neptune. So that's another thing to kind of take into account. Um, you know, yeah, those are some of the things I might say for us to, you know, and I think, it, so Chris Brennan, we're not going to get too deep into this, this house war, but he did mention <laughs> something interesting. Um at the end of his six hour and 45 minute talk um, that this house war seems to be very sensitive to, you know, um, connection between Saturn and Neptune. So he anticipates that Saturn Neptune conjunction may be another moment where we're, we're dealing with this issue and maybe it's not going to be the same issue, but a different permutation of it, um, of the debate, you know, we're, you know, Sidereal is getting involved. I don't know. I mean, it could be like something else 
you know, some other way and we see, we, you know, or maybe there's some measure of resolution. We see Chris and Deb holding, shaking hands, you know, or something like that. I don't know. That'll be the day. <laughs> That'll be the day. That'll, That'll be, be the day. day. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. It could be, um, I don't know. It could be something related to, you know, some aspect related to astrology. Yeah. Well, so. and it's so interesting just to think about like just the trajectory of from grand from grand conjunction to grand conjunction, right? You know, like just everything that's happened in the world and like thinking about and you know, starting a whole new air age and we are under immense change and we're trying to figure it out and certain forms don't work and we're re-dreaming or we want to redream, you know, like, Correct. and we can't fix everything, but you know, there is, maybe that's just my eternal optimist inside, <laughs> inside my Leo planet speaking where I'm like, you know, that's, Something powerful about that zero degrees Aries, you know, if, if something's really got to change, if we really do need new structure, if we do, you know, tapping in to find that compassion in our hearts, it's got a nice, it's a sex, exact sextile up to the Jupiter Saturn. <laughs> I know we're talking about sextiles again, but sexy sextiles, yeah, the sexy sextile, you know, maybe you know, sometimes things do have to collapse or crumble. It's not, that's not a bad thing. Um, if they're not like serving the growth or the greater prop populace or the, the really new beginnings that we all keep talking about that we want, but either it's too hard to do, or we're you're too scared to do it, or some systems blocking that, you know, like that's my hope for it is that there's just some sort of ch change. Some yeah. Sort of dis dissolving that helps what we really want this world to look like to just be that much closer into that ideal view. It's not going to be perfect, but how do we get, you know, just that much closer? I agree. And, and even a dissolution. I mean, we, we as Americans on some level have been spoiled because we've been able to have pretty much without serious coups, depending on who you talk to, but um, we, we've had a system of government that has generally maintained itself at least over the last hundred, 150 years. I don't mean, I'm not going to say 200 years because we did have a civil war. <laughs> right. Um, but I think, you know, as versus other countries where they've had, you know, imagine if you lived in Germany, no, I'm not just talking about Hitler's Germany, but even from post Hitler era, you know, after the, the Fourth Reich, you know, and seeing like at the Third Reich, um, seeing what happened, you know, like you got your, your country split in two, right? That was a whole different mindfuck that we haven't we haven't experienced that way. Or even Japan. So I think, you know, there are ways in which we might experience dissolution that that still allows us to survive and find ways to thrive. Like life didn't stop in Germany. Life didn't stop in, in Japan. Life didn't stop in Russia. You know, when Russia's government drastically changed from you know, union of Soviet socialist republics to something else to the, to the, you know, the Russian Republic, the Federation. That's what it is. The Russian Federation. So I think that's, um, 
those are things for us to contemplate that, you know, we can we can make a commitment to go on and make a commitment to each other. Maybe that's kind of what we could say to Saturn. I think I'll just say this in your notes. She's like, what's a one key word to recap Saturn <laughs> and past Pisces? I would say commitment. Or okay, I'll I'll cheat too. Inspired commitment. You're allowed to cheat. Okay, Most thanks. people do. Doing one's hard. That's why I do it. <laughs> Inspired commitment. Yeah. That's I can get best. behind that. Inspired commitment rather than just thinking like it has to be. Uh, you know, I'm committed to kind of seeing the struggle through. So however it however it goes. And that's kind of like, you know, what we have to remember what was going on in 1994 to 96, you know, there was a lot of, you know, people seem to forget there's a lot of upheaval at that time too, coming off the heels of, you know, the riots in LA. Um, you know, people want to remember fondly the Clinton years, but they weren't always fond and they weren't always great. You know, so there's some things that to deal with as well. So. Hmm. I'm trying to think of what my word would be, but hmm. The ba- the boundless sea has trapped me. Sea. Has trapped me within its <laughs> I have the two words and I was thinking about purposeful or maybe it's a meaningful erosion. <laughs> the because I was thinking about the, you know, what you're just talking about, about like the boundaries and it's like all, you know, or all, all structures, you know, erode at some time. And that's not a bad thing. It's not, it's not a bad thing in, well, in my mind. Maybe you're saying, <laughs> maybe the out tide is one way to think about it. You know, like the tide going. Oh, the out tide. Mm-hmm. The exhale. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the tide coming in, then the tide going out, and that washes everything away. Mm. It sounds very healing, Sam. I'm just like, <laughs> well, I mean, so does you know some measure of purposeful or meaningful erosion, right? That can be. Yeah. Thank God for that. You know, like that skin comes off rather than it just stays on us, right? Oh my God! Can you imagine what we look like if we never shed? <laughs> right. That would be a sight. It would be crusty. Oh my gosh. This was <laughs> what a talk. <laughs> what a talk on Saturn and Pisces. So, Sam, where can people find you? What do you what do you got going on? So Let people can find me at unlockastrology.com and they can find me on Twitter, where I, I sometimes tweet a lot, uh, at unlockastrology. And then they can find me on Instagram under S as in Sam, F as in Fred Reynolds. So SF Reynolds, all one word on, on Instagram. And in terms of what I, I have coming up, um, I think I may be dark for a good portion of March. I'm going to be doing stuff with Astrology Hub. I may be starting another class. Well, I plan on starting another class um, on learning to construct charts by hand. Um, 
So that's nitty gritty four. And that probably will be like an intensive um, rather than over a set number of weeks as I normally do classes. Because um, I've got a lot coming up, including Norwalk in May at the, on Labor Day weekend. So looking forward to, are you coming to Norwalk this year? No. You know, no. I'm not. I contemplated it, but decided decided against it. But I know it's going to be fun. So hopefully listeners out there. Getting the crew together and then I'm then I'm flying up to Edmonton to do a workshop on on uh, two things. Well, one is going to be on talking about the finding your lot of lot of spirit. But really, it's going to be like a whole long workshop on the daemon in the hmm. the daemonic. I don't Damon. mean demon. <laughs> I don't think we'll be like, what kind of Muslim is he? Demons. I'm not talking about demons. It's the daemonic, you know, more your inner spirit. Put it that way. And so that's going to be in person. That's not an online. That's going to be in person also in, well, that's going to be in Edmonton, Alberta. Up mm. in Canada. Up in Canada. So if you're in Canada, you know, go, Canada. go, go check that out. <laughs> yeah. And so. it's the, uh, um, Edmonton. I should know this. Sometimes I'm like, I'm do I know where Edmonton is? I'm like, I'm trying to do my Canadian geography, which is very. Yeah, if you do Edmund, if you do a search for the Edmund astrology, Edmonton.com, you will find me on the website um, there. And from there you could, you know, find it under events. And uh, yeah, so I'll be there in June. Let me see. I think they have me up there. Last I checked, I thought I was up there. Um, so. Well, it's good you're you're dark for a little bit to catch up because it sounds like you're going to be busy. I've been, yeah, I I have been busy. <laughs> yeah. What's your uh, Norwac uh, talk going to be on? Or what's the Fredaria? Oh, okay. What the Fredaria? Yes. Yeah, so what the Fredaria? What the Fredaria is that? There you go. Oh, well, definitely go check out Sam if you're at Norwalk or wherever. Or, yeah, I was you know, gonna say people might be like, "What was he talking about?" So, Fredaria is a time, <laughs> is a time lord system. It is a, it's a system of for prediction. I gotta even clarify when I say time lord. It's like you have a TARDIS, Fredaria. Is it? Is it? Are we gonna be like Doctor Who? Who? Yeah, the Doctor Who. <laughs> but no. So thank you. All right. Well, you uh, can also find Sam. I'll make sure I'll do. I always do a blog post for all our all our guests. So you come on over to energeticprinciples.com and there will be one for Sam as well. And I'll share the links uh, for his website and, and Norwak and other such things. Um, you can also find me on. Well, you can kind of find me on social media. My and I say this, I say this every podcast. My social media. Oof is dying it's like it's, it's taking its last grasp it's like it's like grasping for air it's like post mel just post and i'm like i don't want to <laughs> but if i do post you'll find me at energetic principles but right now i have an occasional story or something like that but I'm kind of feeling that wave of like i don't know we'll see what pluto and aquarius this whole social media thing you have goes. a twitter That's, no no i'm not a tweet not a tweet bird. I uh, I have a Twitter, but I never 
I have an Instagram. That's where mm-hmm. that's where I talk the the most is is the old Insta webs, um, Instagram. But yeah, I think my platform these days is this podcast. It's like if you want to hear me, come to the podcast because it's all it's all there. It always shows up, <laughs> and it's got it's got all the all the meaty meaty hooks right there. Uh, and of course the website where you can book a consultation, uh, with yours truly. And you do personal consultations as well, right? Sam, do you have time for that? Uh, I do. I mean, although right now I'm booking for April and May. All right. Well, those are potent periods. So, uh, get get in there while you can. (laughs) So, all right. Well, if you are listening to anywhere, you're listening to this, you know, if you could leave a review, it will help the podcast be seen. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment below. We'd love to hear what you think about Saturn in Pisces and some of the things that we talked about today and what you might think there, or if you have any additions, what we haven't talked about. And you're like, I think I'm going to see this, you know, I want to, want to hear that. Let that imagination speak, give it form so we can hear what you're thinking about Saturn and Pisces. Um, so, all right. Well, Sam, it was such a pleasure talking with you here today. I'm so happy that you were, you graced me on the podcast with your presence. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in to us. Talk all about Saturn and Pisces. We wish you well uh, on the start of this ingress. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.